Welcome to the Red Eye Manifesto, a weekly travel podcast designed not only to inspire fresh ideas when it comes to avenues of adventure, but also to address some of the seemingly most tantalizing aspects of the traveling lifestyle itself. Stop by weekly as we recount times of travels past and unveil a series of tips for making travel duly enjoyable as it can be economical. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Ah, Mark Twain, but what the heck does that even mean? You know, I think the dude's got a point. What he's trying to say is that the more you travel, the world suddenly becomes more clear. You begin seeing things really as they are. Not as how society or the media wants you to see it, but how it really is. So you mean kind of like a conspiracy theory or something? Eh, not exactly, but the guy has a point, right? If you never go out, the world is only what you're going to see on your TV screen. So here at the Red Eye Manifesto, we seek to inspire, encourage, and revive the lost and worried traveler by debunking the terror and price tags involved when it comes to traveling itself. Alright, so to give a recap of last week, we discussed the beauty and architecture of France with a little play-by-play of our time in Paris. We also told you about how to get into the Louvre for nothing and dove into detail about how important it is to socialize with other travelers when abroad. But today, we're going to tell you about what could possibly be the worst day of our lives. By far the worst experience of the trip, and for good reason. I'm talking motorcycle injuries, homelessness, and the terror of being shaken awake in the middle of the night by some cracked out junkie looking for a t-shirt. Then, on review of the week, we'll touch base on where we stayed, a place called the Blind Eye Hostel. It was complete with reliable internet, bedside outlets, and a sauna to ease your troubles away. Not, it was actually garbage. Yeah, we'll tell you why you shouldn't stay there, and we'll also go into detail about the place we got our motorcycles from, and explain why it's probably not a good idea to rent anything without a credit card. And, as always, thank you for all the support. If you haven't done so already, we're giving away free stickers. All you have to do is head over to our website, redeyemanifesto.com, and we'll ship you one of those bad boys out for free. We only have about 30 left, and really, we bought them just for you. So stick it on your car or in the back of your helmet. Put it on the wall of a bathroom stall in your hostel. Doesn't matter. Just do it. And we also want to say thank you to the 53 loyal followers on Instagram and to the 26 of you on Twitter. Following along with us on any or all of our social platforms really goes a long way. And if you enjoy the show, you can always help us grow by subscribing on iTunes and leaving a review. Each review you leave pushes us higher into the top charts, and that's where we can begin providing you with higher quality episodes and special travel discounts. And in just 13 days, we'll be hitting the road for our highly anticipated Alaskan Odyssey. We'll be taking off through the Canadian wilderness on our way to the last frontier. We decided to make it into a documentary at this point, and we're getting pretty excited about it. We've got about three sponsorships rolled in right now, and we'll take the lid off on that as soon as we finalize it. But more on to that to come. And remember, this isn't something you guys are going to want to miss, because each day we're going to be broadcasting live from the car, and each day we're going to have some sick trailers for you to catch. So stay tuned. Here's just a little bit of what we're going to be doing. Ice field hiking, mountain biking, backcountry camping, and a sea kayaking trip turned into a camping excursion on the islands of Alaska. But let's not waste any more of their time, Kyle. You ready to cruise into the Czech Republic? Take it away, fam. Our time in the Czech Republic was short-lived, to say the least. By the time we touched down from Charles de Gaulle, it was dinner time, and rather than make a dash to the city center, we huffed it to the bus that dropped us at the metro that took us to the hostel. It's the same old song and dance. Regardless of where you go, if you're trying to save money, it's the dance you'll need to learn. Yeah, the bus metro hostel shuffle is something very familiar to the average budget traveler. But remember that you can always bypass it altogether by simply renting your own vehicle. 
And if you do decide to rent a car, remember to pick a hostel that offers free parking, which is what we needed because of the motorcycles that we would be renting later. They're usually going to be a little bit more far from the town, but parking space is going to be valuable downtown. So you'll just have to give and take and decide what's right for your budget. And God forbid you pick a hostel that doesn't have a free parking lot for your rental vehicle. But the bus was clean and the metro familiar, so we ended up on the north side of town and pushed off due east as the crows flies for shelter. Come on, man. Don't undersell it. Shelter, the place, was a castle, and its moat was the Vltava River. Sliding glass doors welcomed us from the nip of a chilly Czech spring evening, and the dude at the desk gave us the keys to the room. This time around, we decided to splurge a little bit, and were absolutely blown away by the exchange rate. In a good way, that is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, every dollar that we had of American currency was suddenly worth 24 Czech crowns. Uh, which was a crazy turn of events from the euro we had been battling since we landed in Ireland. So now we had our pockets lined, and as we carried our bags up into the room, we found it to be this spacious six-bedroom place with outlets in every wall. I mean, we're talking dividers separating the bunk beds in a private bathroom. Doesn't get much better than that, but wait. There are power outlets and reading lamps in the wall of every single bed. It's essentially all you could ever want from a hostel. Yeah, by far the best one of the trip, and as we explored the rest of the facility, we found washing machines, a swimming pool, sauna. And a really cool restaurant-slash-nightclub hybrid they had in the back, which served really cheap pizzas and even cheaper beer. Wait, cheap beer in Europe? I know, I know. But believe it or not, Dylan, it actually exists. You just have to get yourself over to the Czech Republic. And uh, how much does one of these beers run a person, if you don't mind my asking? Well, after this exchange rate, you're looking at about $2. Holy smokes. Yeah, and that's only if you stick to the bars and such. Buying your own is always going to be cheaper. But you pay for the experience, I suppose. Indeed. So we spent what lasted of the night smashing pies and sipping brews, taking dips and sweating it all out. Because in the morning, we had motorbikes to claim. We couldn't grab the motorbikes until later that night, which meant we had to wait until the morning of day three to hit the road. But that was fine. We had a ton of cool stuff to do in the actual city of Prague itself before we could even think about leaving it. I agree. And if you talk to people who have already been to Prague, they'll tell you that there's really only three things worth seeing. The bridge, the clock, and the castle. And that's exactly what we did. Stopping first at the infamous castle. It was a beautiful sight to see. The courtyard is massive, but packed to the brim with people firing off selfies, and the palace itself could almost be mistaken for a cathedral, with its spiny towers and relentless age. You do yourself an injustice if you don't stop and take a minute to ponder the amount of work involved in creating such a massive token of craftsmanship, but when you're finished, find a vantage point of the entire city from the palace gardens. You can peer off into an endless sea of orange rooftops and creamy building fronts. Oh, and did we mention the best part? It was free. That's right. We didn't have to pay a penny to get into the castle's garden or the courtyard. But if you want an actual tour of the castle itself, you guessed it, you're looking at a $15 bill. But really, it's not that much compared to some of the other museums and castles you'll stumble across in Europe. So after taking a moment to rest and contemplating the majestic brilliance of the mason work, we headed off down for the Charles Bridge. Now, depending on what time of the day it is, you decide to find your way across the bridge which really leads to a different set of experiences. The bridge is guarded on both sides by a series of religious statues that only seem to come to life by the aura of gas lights that light the path by way of moonlight. However, the most important of the statues is the one of Jesus upon the cross, which some might think, by touching, it somehow makes all your dreams come true. But in the morning, upon the sunrise, or in the evening, upon the sunset, the seemingly frozen statue becomes so lifelike that you almost need a double take or give a pinch to remind yourself that you're not still dreaming. 
But for the love of all things good and holy, no pun intended, don't forget to go see the astronomical clock, or the Prague or law, or as the locals will call it. Yeah, there's only about three of these in the entire world, and the one in Prague is literally the only one that still works, so it's definitely worth checking out. So it's a pretty cool sight. And essentially, the clock has two faces and a series of dials and special mechanisms used for telling the state of the universe, so to speak. On it, you can find information on the sun, moon, zodiological constellations, and even the location of several major planets in our solar system. We'll put a picture on the site, but really keep an eye on the details, for every carving and every statuette serves some purpose in the grand spectrum of the astrological clock. But the most haunting of it all is the skeleton pinned up to the right of the clock's upper face. Just behind the lootman, he sits reminding us of our inevitable end. And of how important it is to get out there and see the world sooner than later. Kind of sounds like our mantra, doesn't it? A little bit. But after we filled our minds and enough imagination to last a lifetime, we headed off for the motorbikes and into what would become the worst day of our lives. So here's what we had planned. First, get the motorbikes. Easy. Then we head about an hour south to Karlstein Castle, stopping for a little break, maybe some lunch. Then it's off to the Orlik Castle for a little taste of the 16th century. Before getting on over to Hradzvikov Castle for a little medieval eye candy. But if time permits it, we can also grab the state chateau of Hobaka before going back to the final destination of Chekski Kumlov. So, in other words, the name of the game is Get From Prague to Chechki Krumlov, stopping at all the castles we possibly can along the way. Sound about right? Yeah, a nice little bar hop, but with castles. And that's exactly what the name of the game was. Wow. Couldn't have said it any clearer, my friend. And we had already booked a really nice hostel for a night stay down there in Chechki Krumlov. I'm talking private room, private bathroom, great reviews, fantastic outdoor patios that has this fantastic view of the city i mean we had a little bit of leeway in the czech republic because of the fantastic exchange rate and so we didn't hold back on the luxuries this time around and why should we have we had the money set aside anyways why not use it to make the most of our vacation but you see we hadn't factored in any emergency cash in the original budget so seeing that we had already booked the room down south in czechski kumov the place in Prague was totally cool with leaving our packs there in the luggage room. We took what we needed for a night stay on our day packs, but the bigger ones would never have fit onto the motorcycle. But it was cool because we planned on coming right back up and crashing another night at the Prague Plus before taking off for Barcelona, Spain. And anyways, we checked out of Prague with a plan to return in just one day's time. But as we stepped out into the world, it began to rain. No, it was more of a downpour, bro. It began to downpour, and feeling as though we had no other options, we opted to give it a go, taking off for the rental garage and praying the rain subsided. I mean, this was the fulcrum of the trip right here. So the woman that met us at the rental place was a sight for sore eyes. She welcomed us with a smile and gave us a little toward the bikes we had chose to rent from. We picked out some Honda Tradewinds, and she geared us up with a GPS, helmets, jackets, gloves, and pants. Apparently, we had to head through some pretty rough mountains, and June is still a little bit chilly at this point, so we were lucky to get suited up properly. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. It could have been much, much worse, but there was still a problem. Yep, I mean, this was just the beginning and the end. What do you mean it won't take my card? Here we go again. Apparently, the $500 deposit was too much for the card to take. I mean, it was a debit card, and so she settled on freezing Kyle's cash for the both of us. Oh, great. (laughs) And because we were using debit cards, it meant if anything went wrong, the cash would be locked up for quite a long time, and we hadn't much to work with in the first place. 
But, I mean, what could really go wrong? Sure, it was a little nerve-wracking at first, but what were we going to do? Blow it off at the last minute. I mean, we had come this far, right? We had to see through it. Right, and we were using Kyle's money, so to me it didn't make any difference at all. So we plugged into the coordinates of Carlstein Castle and took off for the highway. But who wants to ride all that on the freeway? Can I get an amen? Amen. And it seemed like the rain had died off, so things were actually looking up as we exited the highway and proceeded to back roads for the rest of the journey. The scenery exploded around us, and as we drove through tunnels of yellow flower fields and passing ungated farms, we entered into tiny villages. Cows wandered aimlessly chewing grass, and we zipped around them, slicing through puddles and carving up the asphalt. If you take the highway, the trip from Prague to Chechki Krumlov only takes you about two and a half hours, but seeing as we were making all of these little pit stops through old country roads, we were looking at more of a five-hour adventure. Easy. And of course, we had to stop for pictures, firing them off here and there and there again, stopping at one abandoned intersection, then on to the other. For a moment, we had forgotten all about the silly deposits and the debit cards. The sky was a little overcast, but nothing too threatening. Until... Ah! Jesus, dude. Are you alright? What happened? I took a turn too tight and the wheels came out from under me. Gravel. Damn it. Here, let me help you. And he helped me pull the bike back up onto its stand. Luckily, it didn't crush my leg, and I was able to walk alright. Saved some pretty colorful bruises. Well, I'm glad you're alright, but try starting the bike. But it wasn't having it. Is the clutch pulled in? And I was going through all the motions, but it was clear the bike was damaged, which left us with a few options. We were literally in the middle of nowhere, and we didn't even have cell reception. So, that was out. Which meant we could do one of two things. We could either wait it out, hope someone nice would drive through and help us, or go nuts to butts on the back of my bike and trek it back into the nearest village. Or you could have went on in without me, but that was putting all our eggs into a single basket. I mean, what if someone came along while you were off? Was I supposed to just turn him away? Or what if the same thing happened to me only 20 minutes more down the road? Exactly, so we had to stick together. So an hour drifted past... All right, man, this is getting old. We have to do something here, or I'm going to lose my mind. But we held tight, and sure enough, a young kid dawned on the horizon, blasting Europop through his cell phone. And I flagged him down. Do you speak English? And the kid nodded his head. We need to borrow your phone. Uh, why? You think we're just standing around here out for the hell of it? Our bikes broke down, dude. Come on, help us out. Can you call this number and explain to the person in check who answers? His name's Radic. And please tell him where we are. And the kid, sure enough, came through, smiling as he hung up the phone. He told us to stay put and that he'd be here in about an hour, what with the traffic in Prague and all. And so we waited it out. One hour. Two hours. This has to be our guy. A blue van barreling down the road from afar. And it was. As we explained our situation, he proceeded to fix the bike. Of course he tacked down the gas it cost him to come all the way down to fix the bike for us, but at least we could travel on. But the rain began whipping back up right again. Come on, Weather. It's like we get it. You're sad. And we rode another hour before we reached the foot of the Karlstein Castle, a marveling wonder that sat atop a rolling hillside. The hike to the castle is brutal, and when you get up there, you better have a solid 500 crowns to unload, because the tours are guided only. There's no BS when it comes to this castle. And had we not already been a little bit shaken up by the rain, and with the pressure of getting down to Chekski Kumlov, we probably would have entered if nothing else, to catch a glimpse of the, the royal jewels and to climb to the top of the tallest tower for an incredible vantage point across the rolling green mountains that dance alongside you. But as we gazed up from the trail, I couldn't help think the remainder of this trip was a bad idea. The fall of the bike, my leg beat up a little, 
the rain. It was just too dangerous. And if we hadn't a clue of how much the repairs were going to run me for the bike, I, I didn't know if I wanted to keep going. Yeah, we were a little shaken up to say the least. So regrettably, we headed back. But it was via the quickest route we could, calling back the guy to tell him we were returning the bikes a bit early. We would lose a little bit of money on the rental, but it was better to cut our losses in exchange for the risk of dumping another bike or getting lost along the wildflowers in the middle of the night. And I know what you're thinking. What about the hostel situation? And it's true. We didn't have a place to stay back in Prague, but we resolved that we had to get back soon. The rest we could figure out later. For now, it was back to Prague Plus where our bags were stored, and we could hopefully secure another night no problem. The ride back was gorgeous at least. We passed through giant stone formations and the low-hanging vines of the Slovakian trees. But about ten minutes out from the hostel... I heard a crack, and in my mirror I could see Kyle hit the ground. Some dude stopped traffic to make sure I was alright, but when I took off my shoe, there's a lot of blood. Luckily though, in the Czech Republic, it's illegal to drive a motorcycle without a first aid kit strapped to the back. So, I tore through the one on Kyle's and dug out some antiseptic and gauze to wrap up the bleeding. <sighs> you alright, man? It hurts. I'm not gonna lie. I'll tell you what, this dude's going to be pissed. Two bikes in one day? Think you can ride? I mean, I'm kind of traumatized, but I guess I have no other choice, do I? I, I guess not, unless you want to walk it back. So I sucked it up and rode with a foot that barely worked, zipping in and out of traffic as my foot buzzed with pain. Hang in there, man. And the seconds felt like minutes, but ten minutes later, beat up and bloodied from the Republic. We made it. What do you mean you're out of rooms for tonight? Damn! All right, let's wash that foot out in the pool shower, and I'll grab what's left of the gauze from my bike. And the water stung as it hit the wound. Here's some more antiseptic. Last thing we want is an infection. What time is it? Five. And we had to return the bikes by six. Think you're good enough to get the bike over to the garage? And believe me, that's the last thing I wanted to do as we had to get back onto those two-wheeled death machines, but I had to. But yeah, man, where are we going to stay tonight after we drop these off? One crisis at a time, man. One crisis at a time. By the time 6 p.m. rolled in, the bikes were out of our hands and they were turned in. And I lost about $100 from the deposit to repair the bike I dropped. Yeah, and seeing as we didn't take a deposit for mine, I had to pay in cold hard cash, which amused the renter as he fanned my hard-earned money in front of his filthy face. Great. So now we're vehicleless. we have no Wi-Fi, and even better yet, we have no place to stay. But behold, the golden arches of redemption. And that was the last thing we wanted, but it was the first thing we needed. Because remember, McDonald's are a safe bet for some free Wi-Fi. And we needed some Wi-Fi if we were going to find a place to stay tonight. It was hard getting Hostel World to cooperate this late in the game, so I changed gears to Hostels.com. Luckily, we secured a place on the other side of town in a little hut called the Blind Eye Hostel. It would take us about 45 minutes to get there, but at least we wouldn't be homeless. So we went off, but the pain was exploding in my foot with every step. We're almost there, man. Through a shady tunnel past the sketchiest row of bars either of us have ever seen, we entered the lobby, which was jam-packed full of drunken American tourists dressed in white. What the hell is going on in here? You had to shout because the room was just that loud. But apparently it was for this event called Sensation White, some form of dance rave festival where the attendees are required to dress in white as they rave from midnight all the way into the afternoon of the next day. I'll be if this crowd was going to be hanging around the hostel this late. And the concierge said it wouldn't last. They wouldn't be back until tomorrow afternoon, and so that cheered us up a little bit. So we hit up the internet. After a nightmare like that, we had to get the hell out of Prague. So we looked up Barcelona, something warm and welcoming. It'll be about $125 a piece. Is that all right? 
I mean, anything to get out of the Czech Republic. And it was done. Hit the lights. It's all downhill from here. We hadn't been asleep that long until a man stormed into the room and flicked on the lights. Where are my clothes? He was shouting. My clothes? What did you do with them? And the dude starts shaking me out of bed. He was obviously real inebriated and threatened to call the police a couple times until the concierge got involved. The guy kept going on and on about how he stole his shirt this and how he stole his clothes that, but inside I was raging. I could not get any, it, it literally could not get any worse than this, or so we thought. Especially after the last couple days we've been through, this is the last thing we wanted, especially when we thought we were finally going to sleep safe and sound. But when the junkies left the room, we tried falling back asleep. But who could possibly fall back asleep after that disaster? After the motorbikes, after the riding in the rain, after getting feet sliced open and legs bruised, after getting shooken awake, I mean, honestly, who could have fallen asleep after that? So we called it an early morning and decided to pass the remainder of our time at the airport. At least it would be the safest place. And by the way, Kyle said to the worker at the desk, We're not paying for that so-called night, if you want to call it that, at your hostel. I mean, what kind of junk do you think you're running around here? People getting shaken awake in the middle of the night? But he wouldn't let us leave without paying. Alright, listen here, bro. Here's my ID. We're just gonna walk around to the nearest ATM and pull out some cash. We'll be right back. Sound good? And the guy agreed, taking hold of Kyle's license and motioning us out the door. But we ended up getting the last laugh because it was an outdated license that I had to get rid of anyway. Nice, dude. Yeah, and so with nothing to lose, we headed back <laughs> to retrace our steps. If you remember, our bags were still locked up at the other hostel, so we had to go figure that out. And there were no worries there. We were actually able to grab the bags, no problem. The train and Metro also flew by, and as we walked into the terminal, our reservation wasn't pulling up. But I booked them last night. Going to F us all the way to Spain, are ya? So across the airport, I went to find the ticket counter, and by luck, I found it sooner than later, paying a little more for our tickets, but whatever. We had a solid three hours before the plane would board, but at least we were granted passage. Yeah, although maybe we didn't get the last laugh after all. Maybe we'll never know. Alright, so what did we learn from all this? I mean, there's gotta be some redeeming qualities in this story that we just told. Don't skip around in hostels. Unless you're really unsatisfied with what you have, it's a pain in the butt to move around everything, and you can build relationships easier if you're in the same place for a while. So get comfortable. It's just gonna be so much better that way. Right, I mean, imagine it. You've just schlepped all of your stuff from the airport to one hostel. What makes you think that you're going to want to pack it all back up again, hop on a bus, hop on a taxi, hop on a train, whatever, to get across town to another hostel? It's just not worth it. Kyle and I tried this before, a little bit earlier in the trip, kind of booking one place one night and then another place another night, just so we can get a diverse perspective of the different hostels, but it's not worth it. It's better to just get comfortable and relax for the three or four days that you're going to be in that country. And like we're saying, you know... Just get a feel for the reviews, first of all, because people have obviously stayed there before, and there's going to be a lot of good insight on what hostel is better than the other. So, for example, our hostel was a little bit more far from the city center, but it had booming reviews, and people loved it. So we took our chances, and we're like, you know what? This is an awesome place, so let's just go ahead and stay there. Right, and the hostel was actually really cheap. I mean, I just kind of recently looked back up the prices of what this hostel costs, and, you know, it all depends on the day. Weekends are going to cost you more. The smaller room is going to cost you a little bit more. But you can still find it for about $15, hell, even $7 on the right day, uh, provided you're willing to be patient and just kind of maybe check it out more on a weekday or schedule your trip around this specific hostel. Um, but definitely worth it. And there's always going to be quite a bit of logistics that go into it. For example... You might not have the combination of a room that you want on a certain day, or you might not be able to get two days in a row with two people. 
then you end up in a situation where you're going to have to find another hostel. So like Dylan just said, it's easier to find a hostel that can just accommodate your needs for however many days that you're going to be there. Yeah, again, do not move around. If the hostel that you want to rent for, you really like, has Monday and Tuesday available but not Wednesday, don't even bother with it. If it does not satisfy all of your needs for what you want, just look someplace that can because chances are good you're going to find a place that's just as good and that you're going to be just as happy staying at. So when you go to book a hostel, you're going to have to use your debit card. And for the most of the for the most part, a debit card is fine, but I really wish I would have gotten a credit card just because there are emergencies that can happen and there are and will be, as you just learned, surprise expenses that can come up that you wouldn't necessarily be able to cover with a debit card. Absolutely. And in the past, again, in the last episode when we were in Paris, I kind of explained how my debit card was not working overseas in order for me to buy plane tickets. So Kyle had to buy them all for me and I had to pay him in cash or pay for his hostel, what have you. It was a giant mess. So it's always better to have a major credit card. Those are going to be really reliable. And then also if you decide to rent a car or a motorcycle or a bicycle, they're going to take some kind of deposit and they're going to freeze a certain amount of money on your card. So God forbid it's a debit card and you've frozen $500 worth of the funds you need to get back home or to get to the rest of the countries on your list. So it's going it, I mean, to benefit you in every way to have a credit card. And the deposit, which we did eventually get most of it back, I remember it took about a week to go back into my account. And that really left me strapped for cash for a little bit there. So with a credit card, you don't have to worry about that because you're not going to spend it in the first place. And it's just going to be credited back to your account. And speaking of money, just spend what you have budgeted because you want to make the most of your time that you have over there. So, for example, Dylan and I had X amount of money planned that day. You heard that when we were taking our motorbikes down south, we splurged and got a nice meal. And that left me pleasantly surprised. I got the best chicken fried steak of my life down there in the middle of nowhere in the Czech Republic, only because I wasn't being a tightwad with my money. And the whole point of traveling on a budget, which is what we're trying to convey here, is that when you spend it right and you budget it right, you can reward yourself in other aspects financially. Think about it. If you budget more on the higher end of things, for example, give yourself a little bit more money for food, a little bit more money for lodging, there's going to come a couple times where you don't always spend every penny that you had budgeted for that day. And so it gets pushed on back into the next day and then to the next and then to the next. And then over time, you start accumulating these little pockets where you can spend a little bit more money on a nicer place, on a nicer dinner, what have you, on something adventurous to do like motorcycles or a bicycle. It doesn't matter. You're going to have that money. It's budgeted. It's spent already and use it. When Dylan and I were first putting this trip together, we wanted to have something fun to look forward to. And while the whole trip was fun and, you know, there's pretty much no way to not have fun in Europe, it's it was really nice having something that we really looked forward to and having one big adventure or trip. And for us, that was the motorbikes. But just make sure you have the experience. You know, we both had our motorcycle licenses and had bikes back in the States, but I don't think we were nearly prepared enough. So whatever it's going to be, running bicycles, mountain bikes, kayaks. If you're going to do something adventurous, just make sure you have the experience from it. Because if you don't, you're probably going to end up having to pay for it due to an error like we did. Yeah. And that's the last thing you're going to want is a $500 deposit missing from your checking account. I mean, come on, who wants that? I think I was maybe riding the motorcycle for a total of four weeks before we actually took off and went to the Czech Republic to actually rent the motorcycles there. So I was certainly underexperienced to say the least. I'm sure if we were to go back now, we would be a little bit, you know, having a little bit more experience under our belts, we would be okay. But uh, 
back then it we were just I I was in no in no position to be renting a motorcycle. Don't bite off more than you can chew. It's great to be adventurous and ambitious, but not overly so because that's when the mistakes are made and you can get hurt, injured, or just lose a bunch of money. Originally, we wanted to ride to Poland to see the concentration camps, but thank God that never happened. Yeah, I mean, the concentration camps would have been a solid six hours from Prague, um, Auschwitz, Krakow. So, I mean, think about that. If we would have took off for Poland, we probably would have ended up in a lot worse of a situation than we were having just wanted to go two and a half hours south on a little castle tour through the Czech Republic. For as type B and adventurous as Dylan and I can be when traveling, they're, I think the most important lesson I learned with this trip and I still carry through me today is to have a cell phone in these emergency situations or just some type of idea of things along the way. For example, when we go up to Alaska in two weeks, I've already looked up gas stations, make sure that we're not more than our get our car can go and getting my phone to work in Canada, just planning ahead. It's great to wing it. And that's where some of the most fun memories are made, but it can really bite you in the butt in the end of the day. If you're not going to pay attention to it. Exactly. I think more than anything, when Kyle and I go to Alaska, we're going to want to shut the cell phones off. And, you know, to be honest, we probably won't get much perception as we're driving through the Rocky mountains anyways. But Again, if you're going to do things like that and get off the grid, you really need to prepare. You really need to look up gas stations, and you really need to pack your car full of things that you don't even think you're going to need but could possibly need. Uh, for example, fuses, a spare tire, something to jumpstart your car with. Because if you get stranded out there in the middle of the Rocky Mountains and you have no cell reception, who's going to come to save you? You know, you have to figure it out yourself. Be self-reliant and more importantly, be knowledgeable of what's going on while you're there. It can affect you and it will happen. It's always important to plan ahead. And just to give you just an everyday example, what you learned about our hostels. You know, we thought that, hey, it's Prague. There's a lot of hostels. There's a boom in tourist market here, but there's not always hostels to be had. And we should have planned ahead and we should have made sure that our itinerary was dialed in even more. And we had no idea that that Sensation White Dance Festival was going to be going on that night. It was just terrible luck on our part. I mean, had things worked out and we were in Czechchi Krumlov, it wouldn't have made any difference at all. But because we didn't really look into that, we saw, you know, we kind of had that firsthand experience where it was unpleasant for us. We were being shooken out of sleep by people who didn't know what was going on people who were incredibly inebriated and drugged out. So it's, uh, you know, it's really important to just kind of, even if you're not interested in things like that, to understand what's going to be around and to kind of project what it's going to be like once you get there. So there we had it. That's just an overview of what we learned from the trip. And hopefully you guys can avoid that by not doing those things. But let's move on to money because here at the Red Eye Manifesto, a big part of what we do is telling you how to travel and how to do it is tell you how to travel, but not only that, but also to how it do how to do it frugally. When we were in the Czech Republic, our one saving grace was the exchange rate. I can't tell you enough how nice that was to finally go in there and to spend actual I mean to to spend two dollars on a drink or to spend five dollars on a huge meal over there or to spend seven to fifteen dollars on a really nice hostel. I mean your money is really going to go a lot further in Eastern Europe than it is in Western Europe. Oh, yeah. And after getting nickeled and dimed to death after Dublin, Paris, and London, it was really nice to just have a $10 meal and not McDonald's 
or some other gas station food, but an actual meal that you can pay $10 American for, and then beers or $2. And the Metro system, it's free, wink, wink, if you know what I mean. So it was just so much cheaper over there. And once you get east of the Czech Republic, it's just only going to drop. Yeah, I mean, and as Kyle was saying about the uh, Metro station there, there's basically a bunch of little poles that you're supposed to quote-unquote buy tickets from but you can just as easily walk past and nobody's gonna say anything there's no guards watching you and the same thing goes for the buses too you're supposed to pay for the bus fare but the driver doesn't really care he's getting paid the same regardless so he just lets you on the bus and you're off on your way when we were there we spent about fifty dollars on food and up until this point we've been saying to budget about thirty dollars a day for food well we were there for three days and look what fifty dollars got us yeah fifty dollars fifty dollars got us so much food and we're talking huge meals we were not hungry in the czech republic we ate well every single night and we were able to get away with only spending that little bit because of the cheaper exchange rate our lodging on the other hand cost us about thirty dollars for the prog plus about fifteen dollars a night plus $20 for the Blind Eye Hostel, which was which ended up being much worse than where we were staying at before, but it was a necessary evil. And the fun money, that was about $200 for the motorbikes, which would have been one thing, that's not too bad. But we ended up shelling out $110 each for damages. Yeah, when I dropped my bike, not only did I have to pay for the gas for this dude to come out and fix my bike, but I also had to pay for the parts that he had replaced. When I dropped the bike, I had broken the gear shifter, and I had also bent the center stand. So, of course, I had to pay some money towards getting those replaced as well. If you want to do something fun, don't do it in Western Europe because you're going to get nickeled and dime. If you want to do something adventurous and kind of out of the book, just something you normally wouldn't do back home, do it in Eastern Europe, like motorbikes or skydive. It's going to be cheaper. Absolutely. And another thing you got to keep in mind is if you're going to rent from a place in Eastern Europe, a lot of the regulations and rules are a lot more laissez-faire than they are in Western Europe. For example, we didn't need insurance when we were over there. We didn't need to be a specific age. Basically, when you're over there, cash is king. If you have the money, here it is. Take it. It's yours. But if you're in Western Europe, things are going to be a little bit more safeguarded for you, and there's going to be some regulations to kind of protect you from what happened to Kyle and I over there. So just be careful is our only caution. And the last thing that we tack onto the budget is our transportation, meaning our flight, bus, or train ride into the other city. This way, the budget next week in our next episode is going to be a fresh start. So we spent about $125 to Barcelona, which was our most expensive plane ticket yet. Yeah, and so we'll kind of talk about how we how we could have saved money in this situation. But total, after food, lodging, fun, and transportation – We were looking at a total of $535 spent in Prague, which was supposed to be the cheapest city. Yeah, and it it was definitely over the other cities that we've discussed so far, but nothing outrageous. If you were to take away the damages that we caused and then still factored in that we did do something that was a little bit out of the blue. Yeah, so let's talk about how we can save some money. Number one, forget the motorcycles. You can just as easily rent a car for $50 and then split the cost with the person or people that you are with. And that $50 even includes the collision damage waiver, which is the insurance. If you were to get into an accident of any form, it would cover it immediately for you. So $50 as opposed to $310? I don't know, Kyle. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. Oh, yeah, and... The car rental for only $50 and the beauty that the countryside of the Czech Republic offers, this is the one place in the one city on our itinerary where I would go back and rent a car in a heartbeat. There is so much to see and do outside of Prague and so many 
hills and beauty and forests and mountains in this tiny little country, it's well worth it. Yeah, here's a little Red Eye Manifesto exclusive. You know, Kyle and I are actually kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're getting some hints and whispers and some shadows of a Europe 2017 backpacking trip going on and already we're talking about going back to Prague the place that more or less wrecked us the first time around there's, there's something that still that pulls me in about it but getting there getting out like we said we didn't have a good time we wanted to get out and instead of paying that $125 to Barcelona we could have played the sky scanner slash google flights game a little harder don't buy the ticket that'll cost you too much go ahead and get something that costs fifty dollars instead of 125 we were just so antsy to get out of there we paid a premium yeah and i don't really know exactly why we wanted to go to barcelona in general i mean maybe it was because it was the easiest place to go to in spain or the cheapest place to fly to in spain but we could have just as easily flew to a place in germany or we could have flew to a place in poland or maybe we could have flown to a place in uh, Sweden, what have you, for a little bit cheaper than what we paid to go to Barcelona. But for some reason, we had our we had our mindset on Barcelona. And if you don't have your mindset on a specific country or place, then it really opens up a world of opportunities for your savings account. When you look at a map, it doesn't really make the most sense that we went to Spain from Czech Republic. I mean, absolutely. We could have gone to Poland or Germany for a fraction of the price. But I think there was something a little bit eerie about Eastern Europe that we weren't really feeling. So we wanted to just go back west where it was comfortable. So factoring in all these savings discounts, how much can you confidently say a person can go to the Czech Republic for three days with? I mean, even with renting a car, if you don't do the motorbikes and you get a cheaper flight out of there, that's going to dock you down almost $400. So that brings you from 535 to a real cheap 150 for a good solid 3 days there. Wow. I mean, coming down from 535 all the way to 150, sure it's not going to be as ambitious as renting motorcycles, but you're going to have a blast regardless. Yeah, and after going to these cities that we talked about before, you just feel trapped a little bit. You don't have that freedom that a car offers. So, pay that $50 and rent a car. There's just a lot of cool things to see and we'll put up on the site where exactly to go so there's a castle tour that we talked about that we wanted to do but had other plans the motorbikes did so you'll start in Prague and you'll go see about five or six castles down south and that is just such a beautiful sight from the little bit that we saw of it and stay off of the highways I mean I will talk about I will talk until the day I die probably that this trip to Prague was the worst day of my life but it was some of the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen in it too. So, you know, it always pays to have an open mind and to, uh, you know, kind of look fear in the face and go back and conquer where you fell in the past. Ah! Oh, oh my goodness, Kyle, did you hear that? Oh no, is it? Oh yes. Is it review of the oh, week? Dude, it's time for the review of the week. My favorite section. And Dylan, what exactly is the review of the week here at Red Eye Manifesto? Okay, so here at the Red Eye Manifesto, we like to do what's called a review of the week every single week. And what we do is we take two places that we've experienced during the little story segment, and we kind of go into a little bit of details. We talk about, was it epic? Did it suck? And we tell you why you should avoid it or why you should go running towards it. The first thing we're going to review this week is the Blind Eye Hostel. Now, before we give you a rating here, let's kind of talk about some of the negatives that we experienced. You know, we told you about that we were woken up out of a deep sleep in the middle of the night by a drunken guy telling us that we stole his stuff. And if that wasn't enough, the the service, I mean, it was just not, it's not good. 
I mean, how can you expect us to pay for that? It wasn't a night's worth of sleep. We had maybe an hour's worth of sleep before we were shaken awake. It's like the, it was the concierge's responsibility to keep these inebriated people out of the rooms where they're going to disturb the other sleeping guests, and he didn't perform his service. So why should we pay for something that is obviously not what we signed up for? It is already enough being woken out of bed, and if I would have been able to fall back asleep in a comfortable bed, that would have been one thing, and I think I could have let it go. But it had plywood beds. I mean, this is more uncomfortable than the beds you slept at at summer camp in the third grade. Yeah, and for $20 a night, forget about it. I mean, that's more, the- than, that's more than Prague plus money right here. Yeah, the lights were all burnt out. Do you remember that, Kyle? And the bathrooms were all flooded. They weren't working. And like half the rooms, the lights weren't working. And it was like flickering. And Yeah, it's like pick your poison. You can either offer bad service but have a really nice hostel or one or the other. You can't do both. You can't have a bad hostel and bad service. And not to mention the noisy Americans that were just kind of screwing around in the lobby as we, as we were getting in there. Yeah, I mean there was no – decency among the guests and at least at other hostels while we might not have loved the curfew policy they're at least hey we're all in the same boat be courteous to your guests people have been tired all day they want to get some sleep but this just seemed like one big frat house to me yeah i think the only saving grace was that american-born check dude who rode a single gear bike to work do you remember that yeah, no, he was a pretty cool dude, and, you know, he was understanding of the situation and helped us out a little bit, but it was just a relief to just have a normal English-speaking guy amidst the sea of drunken people that don't even speak our language, accusing us of things we didn't do. Could not have said it any better myself, Kyle. So what would you rate this blind-eyed hostel? You know, I don't know if we've done this before. I know we've given out the elusive five mugs of coffee, but let's dial it all the way to the end. I'm going to go ahead and give this one mug the bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, I would even I would venture so far as to say this is not coffee at all. This is not even decaf coffee. Yeah, this is like piss water. Right. I mean, you don't even have water to make the coffee. This is just non-existent. This is this is worse than instant coffee. So on a scale of was it epic or did it suck, this one totally falls under the suck category. Do not go here. Blind Eye Hostel, shame on you. So, next up, our next segment. We're going to talk about where we rented these tragic motorbikes from. I shouldn't say the bikes themselves are, but our experience. After a quick Google search of Prague Motorcycle Renter, we came up with this place called Motorbike Ventures. Yeah, it's owned by a guy named Radic and his wife named Katarina, and they're both very nice people. Uh, Katarina's more or less the face of the business. She's the one that you'll meet, and she'll give you the motorcycles, and she'll interact and communicate with you along the way. Very nice. Could not. I don't have enough nice things to say about her. And they actually have some pretty decent prices, if you're looking to rent a motorcycle, that is. And it was very straightforward. We knew what we were getting into. It's definitely not corporate. A lot of these chains and places that you rent motorcycles or even cars from – there's just so much nonsense and jacked up prices and heavy deposits that go into it. It scares you away from it. But this place had like four or five bikes to choose from. They had the dates that are available and they included all the gear you needed. Helmet, jackets, pants, gloves, all that stuff. And there wasn't a $2,000 deposit required. So that really helped us out. They're very honest and they're very knowledgeable. They have a giant map on the wall, and if you're curious as to what you can possibly do with the motorcycle, they will point to all these different things that you can do, and they know prices, and they know this, and they know that, and so 
they're ready to answer all of your questions. All you got to do is give them a call or send them an email. I mean, very quick communication between us as we were trying to rent from them. And, uh, you know, there was even a problem with our PayPal trying to put the deposit down on the bikes. And they were completely understanding and they gave them to us anyways. So that was really nice. Yeah. And we really got a personal touch because it was just Radic and his wife. It was just two people operating out of this rental kind of garage storage place that they owned and it was really small and when they came and they're so helpful to drive an hour out in the countryside not really even knowing where we were and to help us out and to not just say hey you're done with the bikes give them to me um i don't think we would have gotten that had we rent from one of these giant corporate conglomerates you know no i yeah i couldn't agree more and you know it's not their fault that we wrecked the bikes i mean that's our own fault the tragedy was in our lack of experience not in their helpfulness and they did everything they could to make us feel happy and to make us feel welcoming and at home and i'm pretty sure they even went out of their way to let us return the bikes early on a weekend so that was another thing as well and i wasn't too excited about paying the damage fee i, I believe for me it came out to be about eighty dollars but at first, the guy was Radic was looking on eBay and he found it for that price. Had he went to the Honda dealership and bought it new, I mean, it would have been about four times that. And I feel like a lot of places would have tried to charge the most money possible. Yeah, and that's not something that's that's totally a perk you're going to get when you rent from one of these mom pop businesses. Again, with the local conglomerate, you're not going. They're going to go for the most expensive thing because they know that they can nickel and dime you for every penny that you have left. The one thing, though, that I was not really happy about was the $500 deposit on the motorcycle. Now, I don't know if you've ever rented a car before, Kyle, but usually the deposit is only $150, and that's for a car. Yeah, it did seem a little steep for me, considering that's three times the, the rental fee. Yeah, so again, the $500 was a little out of the question, which is going to hurt their review a little bit. But other than that, I mean, I, I could not find any flaws with the motorbike ventures, could you? Yeah, I mean, the rental prices were fair, they were knowledgeable, friendly, helpful, and gave you all the gear that you needed, and just made it a really nice segue into our adventure outside of Prague. So on a scale of, did it suck, and was it epic, where would you place the motorbike ventures? You know, I'd place it about one coffee cup shy of being epic. I mean, I'd say it was pretty pretty fantastic. About four. Four mugs easy. Yeah, this is a double drip strong espresso. I mean, this is a this is a good cup of coffee right here. This is a decent cup of coffee that's going to pick you up and get you moving out the rest of the day. Well, there we have it, folks. Episode 9. Yeah, that's it. Episode 9. Uh, you know, I didn't think that we would make it this far, but you know, it's really taking off in a way that I had really never expected it to take off. So, I can't thank everybody enough for listening and for tuning in and for following along on Instagram and Twitter and uh, iTunes really means a lot to us. Don't let your dreams be dreams. All right, I'm going to read the credits here. The Red Eye Manifesto was produced by Dylan Lewis and Kyle Herte. The guide and notes can be found on our website at redeyemanifesto.com slash prog. Links to Motorbike Ventures and Prog Plus can be found on our website at redeyemanifesto.com slash prog. You can drop me a line at kyle at redeyemanifesto.com or dylan at dylan at redeyemanifesto.com. Thanks for all of your support, and we'll see you next week. 
Next week, we're going to talk about our adventures in Barcelona, Spain. We spent about three days in Barcelona before taking off to Rome, and then eventually we headed back to Ireland to catch our plane back to the United States. We only have about two more episodes left in this Europe series, and then we take off for Alaska. So again, stay tuned for these last and final episodes, and then we'll get you on into the Alaska Odyssey. And just to reiterate, we are going to be making every single day of our Alaskan Odyssey into a podcast. It starts in Saskatoon, Canada for me and in Cleveland, Ohio for Dylan. From there, we're going up into the Rockies of Canada through the beautiful Banff and Jasper National Parks all the way up to the Yukon as we dip back down into the peninsula of Prince William Sound for some sea kayaking. You're not going to want to miss this, and we're making this into a documentary, which we're going to have on Vimeo and YouTube, so you aren't going to want to miss this, and it's really going to bring this whole project alive. And go, go, go to redeyemanifesto.com slash sticker and sign up for one. It is free. We will ship it out to you for free. We want to get rid of them. We bought them for you. Claim them before it's too late. Don't be a fool. Go grab a sticker. We'll see you next week, guys.